0: Episode 139 of the Read to Lead podcast is brought to you by FreshBooks, offering a month of unrestricted use completely free and you don't need a credit card. Simply visit freshbooks.com slash read to lead and enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. I had to
1: find a group of people around me who could share the same ideas And go to them at times and get that support, that juice from them.
0: Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now here's Jeff. Hello to you and welcome to the podcast that is all about your personal and professional growth. Helping you in all areas of leadership is at the center of what we do here. And that includes discussing personal development, productivity, career, business, marketing, sales, entrepreneurship, and more. In just a few minutes, we get to sit down with Kingsley Grant. He's the author of The Midlife Launch, Successfully Pursue Your Dream Without Giving Up What's Most Important to You. And I'm going to be asking Kingsley about his advice on dealing with the fear of launching a new career, steps you can take to ensure your family and friends are on board, how to tap into your life's experience and the importance of not discounting what you know and much, much more. Plus, if there's time, we'll try to squeeze in a listener question. Our friends at FreshBooks are helping offset the costs associated with producing this weekly podcast. We are so thankful to them for that. FreshBooks is invaluable if you're in business for yourself. My friend Chris, before working for Dave Ramsey, owned his own marketing agency for a number of years and used FreshBooks. Chris, I know you love it, but I'm curious to know what your customers thought about it. My customers loved it. Uh, They didn't have to bother me and discover what's outstanding or see a copy of the invoice because they could just go online and do it all themselves. Um, The amazing thing about it was that I got paid on average two weeks sooner. It seems crazy to think that, but I think because everything was digital, the invoices went out sooner and the customers also paid sooner. It was so easy. I don't know why I waited so long to start using it. If you're just not sure if FreshBooks is right for you, that's okay. FreshBooks is stepping up and offering a free month-long trial no obligation and no credit card needed and you get access to all of freshbooks features during the trial all you have to do to claim your free month is go to freshbooks.com slash read to lead and enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section one more time that's freshbooks.com slash read to lead kingsley grant is a marriage and family therapist certified mindset and communication coach speaker corporate trainer and podcaster. Don't forget. He is also the author of several books, the latest of which is called The Midlife Launch, Successfully Pursue Your Dream Without Giving Up What's Most Important to You. Kingsley, it is my pleasure to welcome you officially to the Read to Lead podcast.
1: Jeff, it's a pleasure, my friend, to be on this show. I've longed for the opportunity just to talk with you, not necessarily to, but just to hear your voice, because I'm, <laughs> I'm just so fascinated sometimes to listen to your show. i just, you know, I'm mesmerized, man, the voice and the way you do your your show and the value that you bring. Jeff, wow. thank you so much for the for what you do through your show. I
0: appreciate that. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I, uh, you're very kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start off. I think it's important for, for the context of, of our conversation to define this Phrase midlife launch. What do you mean when you use that term?
1: Yeah, I, in my mind, envision a decision a person makes taking their experience, their expertise, their skill sets that they've gained through, I call the earlier years of life when they were trying out things, Mm. and now they're going to blast off into Mm -hmm. the best season of their life. It's where the person has built up, you know, I call the required muscles to now do the heavy lifting of reliving mm. so that can make a significant impact upon the world. That, to me, is a midlife launch.
0: Well, amen to those being the best years. Huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I second that for sure. <laughs> well, let's back up just a little bit, if you don't mind, and share a bit about the, the early part of, of 2011 and, and how things during that time kind of served as a catalyst for you in making some some pretty major changes in your life and, and, and embarking on your midlife launch.
1: January 1st, New Year's Day, how I began my year, Jeff, was a call from my sister and, um, who lives in Jamaica. That's where I'm from. And she called to tell me at 6 a.m. that morning that my mom had died, mm. who had battled cancer for the last few years of her life. And you know we knew she was getting really bad. But then what really took me was my sister had mentioned to me in a conversation that she happened to ask mom if she could do anything else but a being a school teacher what she was all her life adult life what would she have done if there's anything else she would have done and my mom surprisingly said to my sister I wanted to be a nurse And, and my sister kind of like for a moment was in a shock mom nurse Never heard you mention that. And she said, yes, I've always in my heart wanted to be a nurse. And that nurse died within my mom mm. and went to the graveyard. And to me, the graveyard became richer that day with one more dream that it does not deserve. And I made up my mind that I had some dreams in my heart that I wanted to make certain that gets out. And I from that day on, I said, for my life and every person I come in contact with, I'm going to implore, inspire, push, motivate, do mm-hmm. whatever I can that they, too, don't take their, gra- their dream to their graveyard. And I say, let's become a graveyard robber and mm-hmm. live our dreams so we don't have to let the graveyard become any richer. It's rich enough. That was a very transformational change for me in my life.
0: Hmm. Kingsley says that despite the varying dreams that we all have, there are four major challenges that all of us face, and one of those is is fear. Kingsley, I'd be curious to know what some of the fears you experienced along your journey were uh, that you had to personally fight through.
1: For me, my biggest one was a fear of failure. Hmm. For a a good number of years, I wondered what would it be like to really launch and do my own uh pursue my own dream and what kept me back and kept me stuck for a long time was what if i failed and, and i i you know around me, I didn't have that strong support even growing up where take these risks and it's okay you've learned from your failure. It was almost like you failed, you are a failure so I associated a fail-in of something to become a failure, who I now was. Mm. And so that kept me stuck for a very long time. So that was my major one. And I, for me, I had to work around that and, you know, actually take an action step, which had led me to realizing that the worst thing did not happen. The second was the fear of rejection. See, I I associated with, of course, growing up and even from Jamaica, the whole idea of status, you know, you are what you do. Mm -hmm. So I felt that, people who knew me around what I did, if I did something different, I would not be rejected by them, you know, because of what I brought to the table would no longer be there or true. So I would, in my mind, can I let that go? Would I be a somebody if I let that go? And my answer was no, I would have lost who I was. So the other one is a fear of loss, which is the identity. So it was my identity was around what I did, not who I was. And so I felt that, you know, Jeff, I'm going to lose that. So I wanted to hold on tight to that. So those fears really mm. paralyzed me
0: in in regard to failure. One of my favorite authors, Margie Worrell, who was on the show uh, a few months back, uh, says that that we need to fear regret more than we fear failure. That's that's a a quote that is stuck with me and a creed that that she she lives by, and she says the greater risk isn't trying and failing, but spending the best years of our lives sitting comfortably on the sidelines, too afraid to try at all. Mm, I love that. I, I that's that's just always stuck with me. I love that too. I think it's just it's words to live by for sure. I agree. Well, yes. Talk about what it means to normalize the fear.
1: I had to look at when I mentioned these fears just now about. You know what's the worst thing that could happen, and I had to visit that whole narrative mm. and look at okay, if this happened, is there something I could do? And by me traveling that pathway and realizing yes, I could do this or do that, it reduced the the strength of those fears that I had. Mm. So if I failed, okay, would that be the worst thing that could happen? No, I could recover by doing X, Y, Z. Well, by Talking that way around those fears, it helped to normalize and bring it to a level where it was manageable. Mm. So if if I can manage it, it's not as fearful as it once did because the whole idea for people is many times, Jeff, is that they feel so helpless and if something happened, there's no way to recover. But if I can go there first in Mm. my mind and realize I could do something about that, then it now helped me to like... Okay, breathe out a little bit better and normalize that for me, and that helps me.
0: Mm. Well, wanting and and seeking the approval of our family for this kind of thing can be at times. Um, I'll use the word defeating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, it can be hard for family to support something that they don't understand if if the culture of your family has been you know nine to five is is the norm. Uh, this could be something they struggle with. Do you recommend, uh, Kingsley, we refrain from seeking their approval at all? After all, we can't force them to approve what we're doing. A- and if so, what are some steps we can take to ease that process?
1: That is a million dollar question because <laughs> I, I really, it has, it's a great question, Jeff, because that's the area where I felt, you know, where I came up against a wall and I was wondering, okay, you know, what if. I didn't get the support or the approval of my family, immediate family and others, what would I do? And I, I struggled with that. I really did mm. because I was such, you know, people look to me and they would talk about my, what I'm doing and my status and all those things. And like, am I going to let them down? I realized that they love me and they believed in me. So I, to some degree, wanted that, go ahead. We believe in you. You can do it. But what happened, I realized they may not understand, which they never did. I mean, not never, but some did not understand what it was I was trying to do. So I had to find a group of people around me who could share the same ideas and go to them at times and get that support, that juice from them. Mm-hmm. That helped me to then, you know, kind of normalize and be okay with my family's may not understanding me and approving of what I'm doing. And realize it's my responsibility to help them or to educate them. So I did not blame and point finger. So the approval is important, but it may not be all that necessary Mm. to make that step. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. And did some of that include not only face to face meetings, but leveraging things like um, books and podcasts and things of that nature?
1: yeah, I I mean, they became my best friends. You know, know, really, I I really had to draw on reading certain books that, you know, about mindsets and Mm. look at what people are doing and, you know, some coaching and mentoring. They became my heroes because they helped me to understand what others may have gone through and Mm. listen to people's story and read certain books and certain autobiography, what those individuals had to go through and realize I'm not any different i 'm going through something that like they did, mm. if they could do it, guess what? <laughs> I too could do it. you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, one thing I hear Kingsley, and I think you do too, probably more than any other in regard to to making this kind of a leap, potentially leaving a, a steady paying job to starting your own business let 's say is this concern over existing responsibilities children, spouse, even even the present job and responsibilities there, and uh, coworkers, etc. What advice would you give to someone struggling with the responsibilities?
1: You know, I I, I I take this one like very seriously because I had that myself and I realized we cannot just blindly and, and foolheartedly just ignore our responsibilities <laughs> because we have responsibilities and we should act responsible with those responsibilities. Mm. So it has to be factored in. But what I realized it also can become so um, enclosed where I'm only seeing myself that my own re- only responsibility I have in this world is the us for and no more mentality, and, and so I'm thinking, for example, if I had a cure for cancer, and I only take that to focus on my family and say that's my responsibility only. Hmm. Then what about those people who? Are dying of cancer out there? Am I not also responsible with what was given to me, Mm. this idea, this gift to share that with them so that their lives can be better as well? So it allows me then to look bigger and say, I also have a responsibility in this world to make the world a better place. And if I only look through that very myopic way of my my lens and see this very short-sightedness, then I will not be fulfilling what I believe, a God-given responsibility to make the world different because I was here. Well,
0: let's go the other extreme and consider a scenario where maybe a friend or a family member or your spouse is going beyond just not giving you verbal support, but is actually going so far as to call your dream irresponsible because, in part, they, they don't understand it. What would you s- suggest to a person in that situation? How can they address that with the person in their life who feels that way?
1: You know, I too have seen that a lot and I, you know, have coached people through this very process because it's very sensitive. It's Mm -hmm. very delicate and it must be handled delicately because you don't want to somehow set up this idea of them against you and you against them because that drains your energy. It takes away all that you need to be successful in the life that you're pursuing. So I find that my responsibility and my job is to educate them because I'm way down the, the track When I get started, they're way behind Mm -hmm. because I have had time to think it through, pray through, and and get counsel and advice. They were left out for the most part. (laughs) So, you know, I've got to then take that responsibility to come back and and solely, patiently understand they're not against me, but they are fearful of what they don't understand. So my responsibility is to be patient with them and also realize that they may never get it the way I do and be okay with that and realize it's not because they hate me and they don't want me to to succeed, is that they don't share necessarily the same passion I have. And I had to understand that. So it's really, I just put that back on me. And I had it in my own situation. My wife is not an entrepreneur. she's not as passionate about the things that <laughs> I am. And it's okay because she's more about other things. Yeah, And I realized that I had to come back and find with her blessing, find someone else or other people who wish you would say, you know, you know, go there and meet with them and do all those things. But then you come back home and report what's happening. And what I find is when you're come, able to come back home and say, honey, look what's happening. Look what just happened. <laughs> you know, a paycheck, something. She said, oh, that's wonderful. Go do more of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I know for many of us um, in, in a decision like this, imposter syndrome can can set in and we, we we start to sort of doubt the uniqueness of our skills in our life's experiences i know i struggle with this still i launched a course two or three years ago that i'm about to relaunch and even though i've launched the course once already and it was successful the relaunch has me nervous and i i've begun to doubt you know will, will people want to pay for what I have to share? You know, uh, yes. it, it, are my skills really that that valuable? Talk a bit, if you would, about tapping into your life's experience, Kingsley, and why it's a mistake to discount those experiences.
1: You know, Jeff, you have touched on something very, very important, very interesting, because I, too, myself had had those moments and, and still do at times, because I, I kind of like, you know, it's in this world where it's not Sometimes it's not a tangible thing where, okay, mm-hmm. I'm measuring what it is I'm doing and I'm giving you a value. So I, you buy me a, a book from me. Here's a book. So that's an exchange of value. It seems very equitable. Mm-hmm. When it comes to then something that's not, is less tangible, I'm thinking, how can I charge this for this, this um, product, per se? And I begin to look into, well, am I, is it really worth that? <laughs> for me, I had to go back and I start to do the math. The king's like you're where you are today. Let's kind of go back and look at the math. You've gone to school and you've put thousands and thousands of dollars into an education where you now are and what you've achieved. You've paid for thousands and thousands of dollars for coaching and mentoring. Mm. So let's va- let's look at that. Now, take that to alongside a doctor, a medical doctor who went to school for many, many years, and you go to see them for five minutes and they charge you. Hundred and seventy-five dollars and more, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> yes, they do.
1: For <laughs> waiting and I don't even think anything about it. What's the difference? Mm. And that helps me sometimes when I'm able to find something like that and and put it up against what I've done and what I've put out and say what what makes what I have not as important and as valuable as what they do. And those self-talk has helped me, Jeff, because I do at times have to have myself a kick in the butt type of thing. I said, Kingsley, you know what? Wait, wait a minute here. You're discounting what you've put all these years and years into perfecting. Mm. So now be okay with that.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that analogy. Well, what does it mean for our dream, Kingsley, to uh, transcend us? And, and why do you feel so strongly about that?
1: Jeff, m- my biggest why, what, in what I do, what I do, have to be more than just something that I can achieve by hard work. So if I say I work hard to make a million dollars and it's, that's, that's the reason why I want to do what I'm doing, and so I made a million dollars, then what? Mm. You know, I was speaking to this one gentleman, this guy, very, very successful entrepreneur, and he said to me, Kingsley, for three months, I went to the, the, the darkest time of my life after I've hit my goal, so I was in deep depression, even suicidal. I said, no. come on, you can't be. You're so, you so successful. Everyone who knows your story on the outside would never believe what you just shared with me. He said, yeah, because I hit my goal and I did not have, know what else to do mm. because now what? And I said, I was saying with him that it has to be something that's bigger than the goal you've set, where it outlives you. And it has to be a vision, a dream that you know you cannot do in your lifetime, but you can put in place processes and systems and something that will outlive you, but keep that dream going on. So, for example, I want to change the world one dream at a time, that every person that I meet lives out their dream. Well, I know, Jeff, that I just can't do that in the life I have left. Mm -hmm. But what if I was able to put in place a a structure, a, a framework they can outlive me, and but continue to help people find a way to find their dreams. Well, that transcends me, and it gets me up in the morning. It keeps me going when other things may not, because I know my work has not yet finished. So that is a transcendent piece. I believe every person who wants to be successful and make a significant impact upon our world needs to have and must have. Mm.
0: Well, Kingsley's book is 10 chapters long, and much of what we've talked about thus far covers around the first six or so chapters, so there's plenty left for reading on your own time, for sure. I do want to ask some questions not directly related to the book, Kingsley, but before I do that, is there anything else from the book you want to make sure we we walk away with? You know,
1: Jeff, thank you for asking that question. I appreciate it, because one of my favorite chapters is chapter 10 about taking the plunge, because... Mm. We can do everything we do, but if we never jump, you know what does it matter and I to a quick story if I can here, Jeff, I had gone to Jamaica on vacation and there was a thirty three feet um jump that we had to well we didn't have to, but we were we were um, suggested and you know asked if we wanted to make in of a cliff into the an ocean you know still beautiful water mm. and the guy who was our guide, i mean Jeff, you wouldn't believe this guy walked up and with a chiseled body, he just like. Almost like, like an eagle flew off that ledge head first and just pierced that water like knife would pierce butter, you know. <laughs> That's how beautiful. I'm thinking, oh, I can't do that. You know, how could I ever? But, he, you know, where he was in his journey, I was not yet. So mm. my, I could not compare, but I was trying to compare my beginning with his middle or his two-thirds of the way. Mm. But I said, okay, Kingsley, you may not be able to jump head first, but could you just jump? And Jeff, with fear and trepidation and, you know, all of that shaking, I walked up to the ledge and said, Kingsley, just jump off feet first. Mm. So I just jumped.
0: And it wasn't pretty, but.
1: It was not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it was not pretty, but here's the thing. What he experienced, I experienced. What mm. was that? We both got in the water and came back up out of the water. It didn't matter how I jumped. It's that I jumped. Mm. And that's my favorite chapter because it says, Take that jump and have the experience and you can talk about
0: it. Mm. And you can always work on improving what you're doing as you go and iterate much like, uh, you know, software (laughs) iterates, right? (laughs) Exactly. Well, Kingsley, I'd love for you to name for us some books that have impacted you over the years. Maybe uh, one or two that uh, you go back to again and again.
1: Jeff, I, you know, this may not be the popular thing, but I have to tell you the most impactful book for me is the Bible. Mm. And I go back to it again almost daily because I find there in it every life experience you've ever had mm. is outlined there. Business, relationship, I mean, you know, pleasure. Everything you I believe is there. So that's my most favorite of all the books. Then what I also love, the book that made an impact on me was um, The Four-Hour work week. Mm. Um, Millionaire Messenger, Think and Grow Rich. Those three books, really. I mean, Rich, I pour that also. Those four books, so alongside them, <laughs> I know you mentioned two, but I just mentioned those four really fast. But they have been books I've gone back to because they've set in motion in my life some things that I helped me to be where I am today.
0: I love all those, and uh, I've read, I think, all of those as well, uh, including the Bible, and, and just read it this morning, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so great great suggestions. Oh, I know you were just at a conference speaking recently, um, and if you know anything about me, you know that I believe the ability to effectively share ideas in public you know, plays a major role in in a person's level of success. It's something you've got to be able to do. I'd be curious to know, Kingsley, what are some of your tips for delivering uh, an impactful public talk and a memorable public talk?
1: You know, Jeff, if I can just use it as a frame, as a backdrop to my answer is, you spoke also recently at the the um, podcast movement, mm. more question and answer, and I've seen this before that as well. And I believe what you did, there are some things I want to share because you managed that so well. Oh. and you know, really, I heard you when you were you were um, doing a, a um, an interview. Uh, with um, michael hudson recently i think on one of the most recent shows yeah and he was sharing about speaking now you talk about how you were kind of nervous sometimes but i'm telling you what you did there i would never have known because it didn't come through at all mm. and some of the things you did so well which i really admire which i also want to share is the stories that you told because that i believe story sells so if mm. a person i believe want to be impactful and memorable Number one, it should have been at your talk. (laughs) (laughs) Now, seriously, I mean, you did a great job. Um, But I believe that they tell stories. Be yourself. Make it about your audience, not about you. Mm. You brought a gift to deliver. Deliver it. Mm. I think if that can be a summary of what people do when they give public talks, then it's not about like, how did I speak? Was I good? No, it's not about you. (laughs) (laughs) And people are going to remember those stories.
0: Uh, it's like the very first sentence, I think, in in the book, um, Purpose Driven Life. Yes, yes. The very first sentence is, it's not about you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Words to live by. Well, yes. I know the book has been out now for a few months. In fact, I, I didn't realize till this morning that it came out in what, April, I think it was? Yes. Uh, but I'd be curious to know, uh, Kingsley, what's next for you? Uh, maybe uh, what are uh, share a bit about what you and your team you're working on now that you're excited about.
1: Sure. You know, and I want to mention this, uh, you know, thank you for even mentioning about the book, because, you know, in the first five days, it hit the number one in the category of the midlife. Oh, uh, yeah, it did. And so, of course, I have the screenshot to prove it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's important. That's it's important. important,
1: right? <laughs> Amazon. So I was very, very, you know, pleased with that. And some great reviews have come in as a result of that book. One that still out to me was one lady said, Kingsley, it's like sitting down with you over coffee as a friend to friend. Then you became my coach you know so that was like one of those most important moments for me so I mentioned that to kind of segue into what I'm working on is a blueprint that is a companion to the book mm. is how to take a concept or an idea or the curiosity or the song of your heart to a reality so how to take that passion and make a profit out of that so I go through an eight module course that I'm putting together which is now almost eighty percent finished mm. to help that person walk through, test out ideas to the point of going into production or into the reality of their dream.
0: Excellent. Well, uh, be sure and let us know when that's complete. Oh, well. And we'll let to read to lead listeners know about that. that will be great. Thank you. Well, the book, again, is called The Midlife Launch, Successfully Pursue Your Dream Without Giving Up What's Most Important to You. His name is Kingsley Grant, and I think he's awesome. Kingsley, thank you for being here. Really appreciate you uh, giving your time today.
1: Jeff, thank you for the opportunity, and my friend, keep up the great job you're doing. You're changing lives. I've heard a number of people talk about what they received from your show. I am one of those, so thank you for what you do.
0: You can, of course, find out more about Kingsley, the books he recommended, and the book he wrote at the show notes page created just for this episode. That's at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 139 for episode 139. If you'd like to ask a question and have it answered here on the show and promote your business at the same time, simply go to readtoleadpodcast.com slash question. Today's listener question comes from Zainia.
1: Hi, Jeff. Uh, this is Zainab Ahmed. Um, I'm a copywriter at com, And I just heard your episode with Terry Lancaster and um, it really resonated in many ways and I thought I'd leave you a message. My question is... Um, as a copywriter uh, who's an introvert, how do I network and market myself? God, I really put my heart and soul into my work. Uh, anyway, lovely hearing from you. Thank you. Bye.
0: Well, Zanier, believe it or not, I'm a bit of an introvert myself, always have been. And, and though I like to believe I don't answer every question with a book recommendation, I couldn't help but think of a very specific book when I heard your question. And that's a book from Beth Below. And the book is called The Introvert entrepreneur, and I think this book would be perfect for you. We had Beth on the show, in fact, just a few months ago, earlier this year, if I'm not mistaken. I'll put a link to that discussion and a link to her book in the show notes for this episode so you can check that out. Again, that's readtoleadpodcast.com slash 139. Don't forget about that free month-long trial from our friends at FreshBooks to take advantage of it right now. Remember, no credit card needed either. FreshBooks.com slash lead. And finally, if you haven't yet picked up my Presentation Toolbox ebook, you can pick that up right now by texting the keyword toolbox to 33444. Well, that does it for this week. I look so forward to seeing you next time for the Read to Lead podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at readtoleadpodcast.com. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead.